Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Happy Monday, everyone. Thanks for tuning back in. It's been a wild time, but we are in December, if you can believe it. This year feels like the longest and the shortest year all at the same time. Uh, But anyway, heading into the holidays, I'm super excited because we have A.R. Torrey on with us today, and she's a New York Times bestseller. And if you haven't read the new book, oh my gosh, wait until you read it. So, with this, let me introduce her if you haven't read her books before. A.R. Torre is the pseudonym for the New York Times bestselling author, Alessandra Torre. Torre is an award-winning author with more than 20 novels. She's been featured in such publications as L and LUK and has guest blogged for the Huffington Post. In addition to writing, she's the creator of Alessandra Torre, Inc., which is a website, community, and online school for aspiring authors. We were just chatting about that before the show. It's quite the, if you are thinking about writing or you're just starting out, definitely um, click on the link for her website. I put that right there on the Blog Talk site. So you can click it anytime. You can sign up for her newsletter. You can find out about the um, ink classes that she has going and get connected. So without any more delay, are you there, Alessandra? I'm here. Yay. I'm so glad you're on today. (laughs) We just found out we both live in Florida. What? I love that. I I know, right? Sometimes the world is hot as it is for you, but. I was talking to someone, I was like, we finally have a cold snap in the air. It got down to like 68, and the person I was talking to was like, are you kidding me? It's been snowing all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I moved here from San Diego, which is like the weather is always That's perfect. Awesome. And so Super. I got yeah. down here to Florida, and there's so much rain, and now it's cold. And I'm like, what? What happened? Sunshine State. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I lived in San Diego for a summer, and um, yeah, it was never rained, like um, always right. just perfect. Uh, and you you could wear the same outfit year round. It was great. Very true. <laughs> but now I'm learning about rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, afternoon showers are our mantra. Yeah, that's a real thing here. <laughs> So you have a new book, Every Last Secret. Do you want to tell everybody why they should run out and grab it this week? Absolutely. So Every Last Secret is a domestic suspense. It could be considered a psychological suspense. It's about um, two, like a golden couple that lives in um, California and is very wealthy and um, respected. And then the the couple that moves in next door to them and the relationships that build between the two couples and the friendships between the two wives that quickly turns very toxic. Um, so the opening scene starts with a murder investigation and then it goes back a couple months um, and then slowly leads back to the events that led to that investigation. So it is a suspense. Um, it's not a romance. A lot of my readers are used to romance for me, but um, this book is is not a romance, just just straight um, domestic suspense, and I personally think it's really good. <laughs> so I'd love to um, love to see what you guys think. 
Yeah, and what because you do write a, a lot of romance, what gave you this idea to write this thriller? Um, where did that come from? So my background as a reader is all suspense. Like if there was a book that had serial killer, I was there, right? Like the more the more mm-hmm. people dying, the more I was interested in that book. <laughs> I never, ever read romance. I never had any interest in romance. Um, so when I sat down to write my first book, I expected to write a suspense novel. I mean, that was just what I knew. But instead, um, a romance came out at, just out of nowhere. Um, and I self-published it, and it was super successful. And then suddenly I had an audience who wanted a sequel, so I wrote a sequel, and then I wrote a third book. Before I knew it, 20 books later, you know, I'm a romance author. You were a romance author. Um, Yeah, and I didn't really know the genre. Yeah, romance chose me. I didn't really know the genre, so I I made a lot of mistakes. I mean, I think it was almost a good thing because I I didn't write conventionally, you know. I didn't write conventional romance because it wasn't anything I read. But I always wanted to go suspense. I mean, that was always where my heart really was. Um, so throughout okay. the years, I've had a couple passion projects where I've written suspense novels. And, and initially I had sexuality in them because that was my audience. But um, I wrote The Ghost Rider three years ago, which is a straight psychological suspense. Um, and then uh, Every Last Secret is again um, staying in that vein. So I'd love to move my books more in that in that direction, though I'm sure I'll write in both genres um, as those audiences continue to grow. That's so cool. And you mentioned that when you finally decided to write a book and it came out a romance, but I always ask, readers are always curious about your writing journey. Did you always want to be a writer? Did you accidentally do it? You know, how did, how did it happen? How long did it take you? You self-published. So, you know, what, what, what did it look like for you? What was the path there? Sure. So yeah. I, um, I never, I never thought about being a writer. That wasn't not because I didn't enjoy writing. It was, it was just I had never been encouraged. If I had submitted, you know, works of fiction in school, I had never gotten, you know, a glowing grade or anything like that. So while I enjoyed writing, it wasn't anything I ever put focus or passion behind. I, I always read like that. I loved. Mm-hmm. and love to read, but I also love to critique all the books I read, you know, and it was one of those things where my husband's yeah. like, stop complaining about it. If you think you do so much better, you know, <laughs> why don't you write a book? And I was always like, eh, I'm just going to pick up another book and read it. Um, so <laughs> it wasn't until 2012, self-publishing was really starting to take off, and my mom started to write a book, um, a fiction novel, and so she was telling me her process, and, you know, we were diving into – um, what what that was about, and she was telling me about self-publishing, which I didn't know anything about. And um, I was like, you know, hmm, like maybe maybe this summer I'll write a book. Um, and if I can self-publish it, and no one needs to know that I ever wrote it, like that would be great. So <laughs> that's what I did, and it was um, it 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 didn't take off. I had um three or four sales a day for a really long time. Then it kind of built up to 10, 15 sales a day. And I did the math. Like at the same, at the same time, I was looking for a job. I had my job. Um, and so I was in between jobs. So I was looking for a job. And I kind of pulled out the calculator and I thought, okay, if I wrote 10 books and they each sold five copies a day, then um, 
you know, I wouldn't have to go back to work again. Like I could just write books. That could be my job. And right around that time, um, my books just, my book just took off. Um, and it just went crazy. And um, agents were calling me and publishers were calling me. And before I knew it, I had um, a two-book deal with Harlequin, and I had more money than I'd ever had. And it was like, oh, I don't have to go back to work. Like, I can write. And that really gave me the confidence to to say, okay, like, this is going to be my new life. Um, and I do have talent in this. And I, I can make money in this. And so that was really when I put all my eggs in, in that bucket. Yeah. Oh, I love that your mom and your husband were the ones shoving you in that direction. That's great. Absolutely. <laughs> so what were you, what was your life before you were a writer? What kind of jobs were you looking for? Were they, were was writing involved at all? No, writing wasn't involved at all. I, um, I went to school for hospitality I thought I'd work in hotels, you know, um, oh, okay. and I did work in hotels for a really long time. And then I moved to um, banking when I graduated, and I worked in banking, and then I worked for a real estate developer. So, and it wasn't, um, I had lost my job because my um, husband, they actually sold, my husband owned part of the company and he sold out. So uh, we had we had kind of an a, a opportunity where I could, figure out what I really wanted to do. So at that point I was thinking like, Oh, do I go back to school? Do I pick another career? Like, what is it that I've always wanted to do? And writing wasn't, wasn't that thought process only because, like I said, I just didn't have confidence. Um, Right. I never would have gone the traditional route of sending out books and, you know, getting um, rejections and queries and yeah, never, I, I would never have, have had that confidence, which is why self-publishing was so perfect for me. Um, and I, Alessandra is a pseudonym. I published under a pseudonym. I was like, I'm never, ever going to tell anyone that I wrote this book. Um, <laughs> and that was my plan was to keep it this huge secret. And it wasn't until like I was signing a publishing contract that I told my parents, because at that point I was like, okay, this is bigger than me being, you know, embarrassed of this book. Like, this is right. something that my parents would probably be really excited about. Is your mom like super proud? She is super proud. Yeah. My mom <laughs> and my, my mom and my dad were both really great. I don't know what I was worried about, but it was because my first books were so sexy, you know, that I was just like, right. Oh my gosh. Like what if they read these? Yeah, books? No one so reads this. I told my parents <laughs> and I was like, but you are not allowed to read it. <laughs> and so <laughs> And my dad was Do you like, think okay, they have? He immediately, oh, my dad, 100% has read my book, for <laughs> sure. Um, my mom only read um, The Ghost Rider, which I said she was, I, I give her books that she's allowed to read. Um, oh, okay. And so, yeah, the rest <laughs> she's for, forbidden from. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you kind of, I, I'm, amazed at your balancing act of getting these books out because you're also teaching so many writers and beginning writers and, and, you know, getting 
you devote a lot of time to these videos Mm -hmm. of, you know, craft and, and also, you know, how to manage Goodreads and how to manage your mailing list and how to do, I mean, how do you balance all of the, when do you have time to write a book? (laughs) (laughs) My time's really tight right now. Um, I used to write three to four books a year and now I'm down to um, one to two. So I've definitely, um, my writing is is struggling right now in terms of time. Um, and that's not, um, so I do teach, um, I teach online courses, and we have an annual conference every year, Inkers Con, that's for authors. But I also am the CEO of a tech startup called Authors AI and BingeBooks. So we use, um, we're using artificial intelligence to help authors in their editing process. So, uh, so that that business launched in April, and then we just wow. launched Binge Books, which is a site for readers um, to find great books to you know connect with authors. We're going to be holding live events with authors there, and forming reading groups and book clubs and things like that on Binge Books. So I three or four most mornings, and um, and I I'm writing, but but it's tight. I mean, it's really tight. Um, I just turned in a book to my publisher, but it, um, it about kills me. <laughs> so I've got to, I've got to get a better handle on my time. Um, but it's also, there's just too much excitement going on. Like it's a really great time to be in the book world and there's a lot happening. So, um, so it's just, it's just a matter of time, time management, which I need to get right. better at. Yeah, well, we're all struggling with that. <laughs> and, and and then you add the plague on top of it when the world's on fire. How are you supposed to, you know, focus? And and I've been asking everybody who comes on the podcast, I we joke that as writers, we've been training for this moment because we sit in yeah. our cave and we write. <laughs> but I have found that when the plague hit, it was like there's so much news coming at you all the time and it's scary and so it's really hard to like tone it down so that you can write so I've been asking everybody you know how are you getting words on the page during this yeah initially I was really good and the timing worked out well like I had um I right when quarantine first started um I was under a deadline with books so it was great. Like I didn't have to go to birthday parties or, you know, like dinners (laughs) and my husband didn't have any business dinners anymore. And, um, I just sat in a room and just wrote and wrote and wrote and it was great. And now, um, now life is kind of, we have a new normal, right? So, um, so things are a little different and I don't have that, that productivity, but it's, um, it has, it's, it hasn't been bad for my, it's been an, sort of an example of what could come. I was in the pharmacy the other day, and when I walked in, I was just starting to go in, and over the loudspeaker, the lady's like, um, you know, uh, always maintain your mask and stay six feet from the person, you know, a distance of six feet, right. blah, blah, blah. And it sounded like, I was suddenly like, whoa, like this seems like the beginning of a movie, you know, where right. like, they're they're explaining to you the state of the world in the movie and you know and you saw something like that like do not you know I don't know like wear your mask and it was just like wow like things have changed so much from a year Mm -hmm. ago like I 
<clears throat> excuse me, certain the things that now we're starting to accept as normal, we would have just laughed at, you know, if someone had told us a year ago that, I don't know, that right. my husband was taking the ER the other day, that my husband could take the ER and I was going to sit in the parking lot, you know, in a folding right. chair, like, I wouldn't be able to see him, like, that just seems crazy. Um, so, yeah, but it it makes my brighter brain kind of be like, gosh, where's a book in this? Like, you know, mm-hmm. there's a book here somewhere. So, so um, <laughs> I, I don't want to write about, I don't want to write about the pandemic because we, you know, some people don't, don't want to yeah. read about that. But it it breeds other ideas of what you know mm-hmm. of different scenarios that could happen. So, right. Although I have discovered through this year that it's way more fun to read about a dystopian world than to live in one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> living through so it true. is not fun. <laughs> so true. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And lots of people were saying we're living in historic times and I'm thinking, boy, it's not fun reading about it is much more, you know, you read about the the flu, the 1917 flu, Spanish flu and and you know, now that we're living through something, I'm like, dang, it is not fun. Those people were hardcore in the 1900s getting through that. Yeah, you're exactly right. So I was going to ask you, what's next for you? Is Every Last Secret going to be a series? Is it a standalone? What What are you working on next? I turned in my second book to Thomas and Mercer. Thomas and Mercer is the publisher for Every Last Secret. Um, so I turned in my oh. second book to them about a month ago. We're going through um, – we're probably halfway through the editorial process now. So um, that will come this summer. So I'm really excited about that. So now I just need to write a new book. So I'm, it's, it's, I'm at that fun process where I'm pulling out all of the ideas that I've had over the last eight years. I have a big giant folder where I have everything. Um, so I'm shift, sifting through all of them to try what I want to write next um, and what, you know, what calls to me out of those ideas. Oh, fun. And will it be a thriller or a romance, do you know? It, I, I need to write a romance. Um, I haven't published a romance since June. Gosh, that doesn't, that seems like not that long ago. Um, (laughs) This year, it's impossible to keep track of time. This year is a weird (laughs) time frame. I feel like it's been like 10 months. Like it's crazy to think um, June. But yeah, um, but that is a long time for me. Normally the max I put in between books is six months. So um, yeah, so I need to, if I start writing romance now, it'll be another three or four months before it's ready for publishing. So yeah, I need to write a romance just so I can give that audience some of what they've been missing. Right. And uh, will you self-publish it or, or do it through a publisher for your romances? I'll self-publish it. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. I, my romances normally do better if I self-publish them. Okay. Because isn't uh, Thomas and Mercer is an Amazon imprint, right? Have you ever thought about doing Montlake or something like that? I have, and um, I've been curious to see how this book does. This is my first book with Amazon, so um, oh, I I'm see. kind of watching it to see how it goes, and then, um, yeah, and then I could definitely see publishing with Montlake. Montlake and um, Amazon's kind of a different beast in the publishing world, you know. 
So right. I don't like the idea of giving up my rights at all. I'm very grouchy and protective about that. But at the same <laughs> time, there's there's exposure that I can get through them that I can't get on my own. And they've done a fantastic job of promoting Every Last Secret. And their editorial process is really strong. Um, I've been very, very impressed with them as a publisher. So, um, so I don't know. So we'll have to see. Okay, well, that's exciting. And I was going to ask you, too, about audiobooks. I've heard from so many readers during all of these shutdowns that they're all crafting like crazy. And so when they're knitting and quilting and crafting, they're listening to audiobooks. And so are your books in audio? Is Can people look you up there? Yes, absolutely. Um, pretty much every one of my books, with the exception of um, the F list is an audio, so they can grab them on Audible. They can grab them on Apple Books. They can grab them um, anywhere, pretty much anywhere. Audiobooks are sold. So, and um, and I have a little bit of everything. If they like duet narration, if they like dual narration or single narration, I have all three. Oh my gosh, that's so cool! And do you do your books, your audio books yourself, or do you sell the audio rights? Do you like picking out narrators and that kind of stuff? I do them myself. Um, I sold rights early on, um, but um, but I quickly decided I liked it better myself. So yeah, so I <laughs> um, hold auditions. Um, and pick a narrator. And a lot of times now I have narrators I've worked with in the past. So if I'm like, oh, you know, they'd be a good fit for that, I'll reach out. And um, and then they send me all of um, the rough cuts, and I listen through them all. And if you're ever um, an author, listening to your audiobooks like the most painful process on earth. <laughs> it, it especially if it's a sexy audiobook. Like there's there's no <laughs> worse cringeworthy moment than listening to your book on audio. It's so uncomfortable. Um, it's like listening to your voice on a voice on a on a um, answering machine. You're like, I don't sound like that. Like that's right. how I feel when, when I listen to them. And sometimes it's bad because um, you know I don't intend for lines to come out sounding snarky. And um, I've had narrators who I, they had to record the entire nine-hour audiobook again because they made oh, my no. main character sound so grouchy. And you know, it was the difference between her being like, "Oh, is that your wallet?" and you know, the the narrator be like, "Is that your wallet?" You know, and I'm like, "No, she's oh, not saying oh, it like no. that. She's saying it in a perfectly <laughs> normal, normal, kind voice." You know, but every line, I was like. Man, so, yeah. Have you, um, when I, I can't, this is what we're going to work. They're going to hate this woman. <laughs> when I started listening to my books on audio, I've been putting out backlist on audio. I had one series that, that I sold the rights. And like you, I felt like there were a few narrators in there that they had used that I'm like, mm. <laughs> you know, but I didn't have any say in it. Yeah. So, um, so this last series I did myself. And so there were auditions and I was listening and, and it, it is interesting now when I write, I try to think about the, the audio at the same time, because you're right, there are things that you don't intend, but you know, I realized yeah. through that process that they're reading it different than, you know, so now I try <laughs> to, 
put a little more description in there so that, you know, it's clear <laughs> because yeah, I had no, I had no idea that was how that would come off. <laughs> yeah. And the problem is, do you, do you like, I mean, I don't want to be annoying, but do I need to put in every scene multiple directions? You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, that's why I now have narrators that I like and they get me, right? They get my sense of humor so they understand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think the narrator's kind of like your editor, too. They they have to get you. It's, it's interesting writing, I guess, because it is an art, but you have to find your team that really, you know, gets you. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it does get crazy with, <laughs> no, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, she's nice, so, I swear. Yeah. Right, yeah, she's nice. She's not being snarky. <laughs> and the other uncomfortable thing is, a, like, with my romance novels, if it's, like, a sexy scene, um, the females doing the voices of the um, of the males, you know, like, right. it's just sometimes, it's just sometimes really bad, and you don't realize that until you're, you know, halfway through the audiobook Listening. at that point. It's an uncomfortable situation <laughs> where I'm like, do I tell her just to skip all the male parts and I'll just find someone else, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. But when the final book comes out, I, I love audio. I didn't know that I would because I've always been a big reader, but I, I never listened to audio until – my books came out and I thought, well, I guess I should listen. And I had no idea that the narrators, you know, they bring a whole different side of your book out. And it was yeah. just, they can I, make I or just break thought, it. wow, they're fantastic. They really can. Yeah. It's, it's really something. So if you're listening to the podcast right now and you've never tried an audio book, try one. I thought it was just like a teacher reading you the book in class, but it is not. It's fantastic. It can be like a cinematic experience, you know, especially yes. the ones that have multiple. I listened to Daisy Jones and the Six. I think that's Daisy. Mm-hmm. Daisy. I think that I'm pretty sure that's the title. Um, and they had a cast of like six doing the narration like Benjamin Bratt is one of the narrators like they had a bunch of like really big narrators um it's fantastic it's like listening to a movie um so right it can it can be really good or it can be bad like listen to the sample first before you purchase right (laughs) yes listen listen to the sample because some when we drove listen to that person yeah for 10 hours right Right. When we drove um, moving across the country, we bought the, or I bought the um, audible Sandman of Neil Gaiman and it had like this star studded cast and it was so fantastic. It really was like we were watching a movie, you know, while we were driving, it was really fantastic. So definitely worth checking out. So before you started your ink side of, I feel like you have all these facets of you, um, but the <laughs> Alessandra ink part, um, what, what made you decide, you know, I've learned all these things and I want, I want to share what, what did it was that really, it was really like, I was just so lost, like my first few years in this industry, um, it took me a long time to realize there was like an author community out there. Like that just, mm-hmm. 
I wasn't a big Facebook user. So, I mean, I was just, you know, figuring out things on my own. And I was making so many mistakes. Like, I just it wasted so much money and time my first few years on stuff that if I had had a community that I could have asked before I did that, you know, um, right. I could have, I could have saved myself that money and time, you know? Um, so it was kind of, and I'm, I didn't go to school for writing. I'm self-taught. Um, and so a, a lot of what I it took me a long time to learn what I didn't know, you know? And right. um, so it was kind of one of those things. And I looked up, I bought books on writing. I looked up online courses on writing and I couldn't find what I wanted. And what I wanted was really like writing for dummies. Right. I wanted right. like a step by step, like this is how you write a scene. Right. I could find all these books on like character exposition and you know uh, like you know the arc and backstory and whatever and all of that just went right over my head like it was like I didn't know what they were talking about I felt stupid reading it and you know they'd be talking about voice and tone and I just needed someone to tell me how the heck to write a dialogue scene like you know I mean I just needed (laughs) basic information so it was like man once if I ever figured this out like it was this is a need um in the market so um so first i started with just how to write your first book which is my first online course and um and what was really great about that was in creating the course it really caused me to be like okay how do i write a scene right like um right i don't like it now it just kind of comes out naturally but like what what is the process for writing a scene like if i'm trying to explain it to someone who's never done it before um and um, and so then my second, and then I ended up doing a publishing course and a marketing course. And you, you just forget it's, it's really easy once you get in the industry and once you've written five or six or 10 or 15 books. I mean, like I was having a conversation with someone the other day, a student, this is a few years ago. And they were like, so when I publish it to Amazon, do, do they have the rights? Like, do they own the book then? And it was just such a, what seemed like such a simple question, like, I'm like, no, of course not. Like, it's your book. Right. But then it was like, well, that's a logical assumption to make. Like, I forget mm-hmm. that there was a time where I didn't know that, right? And so, right. you know, you've got new people, and my what my heart breaks. I just talked to an, a friend of mine who was like, oh, um, I got a publishing contract. And I was like, stop, send it to me, send it to me right now. Like, do, do not sign that. Send it to me. So she sends it to me, and it's, it's a vanity publishing contract where she pays oh. them $4,000. They don't do anything, basically, but a cover design right. and a proofread for $4,000, and then they supposedly market it. And I was like, and my heart breaks when I hear about people doing that. Um, and then that publishing company was going to own the rights to her book for two years, and it was just it was just a horrible deal. And um, that's so, so, um, so anyways, so now I have a few courses and we, and, um, and I started the Facebook group, which I remember when I started, I was like, no, like I just wanted some activity in it. Right. (laughs) Like I didn't, and I remember thinking like, (laughs) yeah, there's other, there's other author groups out there. Like, I don't know if I should create an author group or not. And I just didn't want to ghost town. I remember when I hit a thousand members and I was like, wow. 
and now I think we're at 14,000 members. Um, so, and now it's like, now it's more like me being trying to cut down on posts, <laughs> you know? Right, like, right. <laughs> so we turn on posts to prove I'm like, okay, that question's been asked 20 dozen times. So, you know, so uh, right. search the group first. I have a book to write. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, but it's been, it's been really great. And I, it's, I love it. It started off, I needed, I needed some sort of change from just writing all the time, right? So it gave me, like, it could, I could switch my brain to a different thing. And I was still in the industry, and I was still doing what I loved, but it was just flexing different muscles. And so I like right. that. I like that variety. Now I'm really kind of pulled in a little too many directions. Um, so I'm like, I want to get back <laughs> to flexing my brain on writing. Um, but, right. But I wouldn't change anything, you know. I mean, it's there's so much exciting things going on, um, but it is, um, but yeah, but that was how Alessandra Tour Inc. came about. Oh, I love it. Well, I could talk to you all day, but I know you have books to write and we're running out of time. <laughs> so how do you like readers to get in touch with you? Do you have a newsletter? Do you go on Facebook? How, how should they get in touch? So if you go to nextnovel.com, like next, like my nextnovel.com, that takes you straight to my newsletter sign up. Um, so I send out a newsletter once a month with everything that I have going on. And, um, and that's the best way to see what I'm working on and what's going on in my life. And then um, also alessandratory.com is my normal website. So if you want to check out my backlist there, if you want to look at Every Last Secret or The Ghostwriter or any of my romance novels, you can find them all there. And if you're an author, um, authors.ai is our artificial intelligence. Um, Marlowe is our artificial intelligence editor. And then um, Alessandra Tory Inc., I-N-K, is, um, is the site that we were talking about that has all free, free content. Webinars are there. Our conference is there. Every, everything is kind of there. So, and my books are That's all awesome. also on bingebooks.com. You can read samples and start um, diving into them at bingebooks.com. Very cool. Well, thanks so much for being here today. And everybody go out and buy Every Last Secret. You won't be sorry. And thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.